All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello. Hello. Happy Monday. It's a solo episode today. It's just me. You guys are stuck with me. You guys, we're, we're fresh off a five-day trip to Disney World. I'm going to do just a separate episode all on that, Sober at Disney World, because I think that, I'm, I mean, as I was sharing on Instagram stories, I got a lot of questions just about, like, how do you not drink at Disney World? Which, when you think about it, is kind of funny, because Disney World is probably, like, the most fun place just as far as what you can do and thrilling and all of those things. And so the idea that alcohol is even, you know, has a place in Disney world is kind of funny to me. 
but I have some thoughts as always. So I'm going to share those in a separate Sober at Disney World episode. So stay tuned for that. That'll probably be, I don't know, maybe next week. But today, guys, it's a big day. As you're listening to this on Monday, I am fully, I am even a couple days over four years sober. Four years sober. You guys, that, even saying that, that just blows my mind. Four years. I wanted to do a special episode, just a solo episode talking about being four years sober. And then I started to feel like my mind just went blank. Like I was like, what am I going to say? It feels both huge and like no words can even describe what it feels like to be four years sober. And then it also feels just kind of normal. And like, it feels like a huge deal and not a big deal at all. And I think that that's interesting because when I step back and I think about four years, like four years of anything is a really big deal. And I think I forget about that because I I talk about being sober all the time and, you know, it's my job. And so for me, it kind of just feels like a given and maybe I take it for granted that I choose not to drink in a world that is obsessed with alcohol. And I always say to you guys that I'm just so proud of you for even just taking the step to examine your relationship with alcohol in a world that has taught us probably our whole adult into even teenage lives that alcohol is the solution for everything that ails us or everything we come across or to celebrate or to escape and numb and all of the things. And so even just the idea of examining your relationship with it and not just mindlessly drinking it, I think is fucking huge. But then I also have to extend that to me and that can be uncomfortable because, you know, for me to say, I am proud, I am proud of myself for being four years sober it feels a little icky to me, like, oh, self-congratulatory and like, come on. But man, I am proud of myself. I am proud of myself for choosing and for deciding four years ago that there has to be something more. And man, I have been thinking a lot about that moment that I decided that. And it was different than all of the other moments that I had ever had where I thought, ugh, I'm done drinking. And where it was kind of just more shame induced and, you know, beating myself up and berating myself. Those moments were more like, ugh, how could you, right? How could you be here again, hungover? How could you have blacked out? How could you have just, you know, drank, even if it was three glasses of wine instead of one? Like the shame was the same. Like, ugh, how could you, right? All of the other times that I thought I don't want to drink anymore, it was more shame induced. And the time on January 19th, 2020, when I was, recovering from a hangover, a horrible hangover. And there was shame. Don't get me wrong. There was 
a lot of shame. But when I told my husband I'm done, it wasn't set out of shame. It was more determination and um, uh, hope, I think. And, and I don't know if this is a four-year lens looking back on it, you know? I don't know if 2020 me would be listening to this and say, like, you're full of shit. You don't have any hope right now. But I think I did. I think that I had just even just a little bit of hope that there had to be something better and something more than being in this vicious cycle of moderation that so many women find themselves in and that I was in for years. I mean, decades, you know, my story is not one of active addiction. I think that as long as you're drinking alcohol, you're going to, to be at least partially addicted because it's an addictive substance. And so if it's something that's constantly in your life and continually you're drinking it, you are, there is going to be an element of addiction. However, mine was not what we think about a rock bottom story. It was not a drinking in the morning. It was not a drinking alone. It was not a drinking every day. It was not a drinking every week, but it was this continual dance in sometimes I led and sometimes I was able to lead the way and, you know, control it. And then sometimes alcohol led the dance. And in those moments and in those nights, it was awful. I mean, it was alcohol is the worst dance partner ever, you guys. I don't know, breaking news. But when you dance with the devil, the devil sometimes is going to win. And so, yes, I did just call alcohol the devil. That's just what I do here. So get used to it because alcohol is the devil. (laughs) And so... I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I I recorded an episode on moderation earlier last year and I hated my relationship with alcohol. And so when I said I was done, when I said that to my husband, even as my brain was saying, what the fuck are you saying? You have no idea. What are you doing? There was so much determination behind it. And What I didn't realize, but what I see very clearly now is that my decision was made. Like I made the decision and I see it even as like jumping off a cliff, right? There's no going back. I'm not going to defy gravity all of a sudden. I have jumped and I jumped on January 19th, 2020. I left behind the relationship with alcohol that I had known for, uh, let's see, I was 39. So 20 years, 21 years, I guess, even though probably longer, I left it behind and I jumped with determination and some hope that what I was jumping to was going to be better than what I was leaving. I had no idea. When I tell you I had no idea, I was not sober curious. I wouldn't even call myself. I was more like just filled with shame around my drinking. I had not read any Quitlet. I had not listened to sober podcasts. I didn't even know the term Quitlet. 
I'd never heard of Annie Grace. Actually, I think my mom read This Naked Mind maybe a year before I stopped drinking, but it didn't even register to me. I wasn't interested in hearing it. I literally, and sitting where I am now, this sounds crazy, but I literally thought that I did not qualify. I thought that that just was not for me. That book was not about me. Any sort of life without alcohol, I did not qualify for. My drinking was not quote unquote that bad that I could live a life without alcohol, which is fucking insane. And I say that with so much (laughs) kindness and grace toward myself because I just didn't know what I didn't know. I literally thought I didn't qualify. And I thought that deep in my bones so much that I did not give a life without alcohol even a thought. The first time that I thought about a life without alcohol was when I said, I'm done. This is why I always say, you know, I I think last year when I had three years of sobriety, I think I recorded an episode that said, start before you're ready or something like that. And, uh, I always say, you know, and here in the business side of things, I always say we're flying the plane as we're building it because that's kind of just my vibe. That's what I did when I stopped drinking. I didn't, God, I didn't even know what questions to ask, much less did I have them answered. I simply, and I say simply, that's not easy, but I simply jumped. And I think probably my fingers were crossed. I was just like, oh, okay, let's figure this out. But I think that that was the best gift that I had ever given to myself because when you jump, I couldn't go back. It wasn't an option for me. I just wasn't going to go back. I don't know why it was that moment. I don't know what was different about it. It definitely wasn't the worst night of drinking I had ever had. And I hear that a lot. I think that's really common that, you know, when women decide to quit and they said it wasn't horrible. I didn't lose everything that night. I had had much worse nights, but it is kind of like building blocks of like, you're just so sick of it that you can say, okay, I don't know what's over there, but I'm willing to see if it's better than what what I have lived with alcohol in my life for the last 20 years. You know, I think about that morning and I've been thinking about it a lot. I look at the couch that I laid on all day and I can put myself back there so easily. And I was recovering. Like I was not able to participate in my life. I was not able to be the mom I wanted to be on that day. I was 100% recovering from my hangover. And that's why I've never called my sobriety. I never say I'm in recovery. It might be semantics, but I don't know, you guys, it, it feels true to me that I was recovering when I was on the couch. Like if there is a picture of someone recovering that is, that's me on January 19th, 2020, where I'm, I'm not 100%. I'm maybe 50%. Like I'm literally in recovery from alcohol. And so 
it never felt right to me to call what I'm feeling right now. You know, when I woke up on January 19th, 2024, it does not feel like recovery. This feels like I'm recovered. It feels like a clear mind, a clear conscience, much less anxiety, no shame. Like that blows my mind. Just functioning the way that my body is supposed to function and feeling the way I was designed to feel. My brain working the way it was designed to work. Nothing getting in the way of all of my systems and all of my parts and my mental health and everything. This to me does not feel like recovery. Does that mean that I'm, you know, done growing and I have it all figured out? No. God, I hope not. I think that that is my life's work. And mom and I talk about that a lot. Our life's work is to find out how we feel and figure out what we need. And I'm constantly doing that, continually just trying to figure out how I feel, maybe why I feel like that, and whether it's coming from me or my surroundings or my past or whatever, and then what I need. So this is not my recovery. I am not in recovery. I recovered a long time ago, four years ago, I recovered. You know, since then I've had a couple surgeries that, yes, I felt like then I was in recovery from my surgery, but I healed. And it's pretty amazing to sit here four years sober and feel healed, healed from you know, the wreckage that alcohol caused in my life, even though it wasn't insane and it wasn't anything that it didn't destroy anything except for probably things inside of me and my self-esteem. And to me that feels healed and it doesn't feel like it needs recovering anymore. And that's incredible. You know, My husband this morning asked me, you know, do you ever want a drink? Do you ever look at it and say like, oh, God, it would be nice, but, you know, I have four years or I'm now I'm tied to sobriety, whether I like it or not. P.S. I love it. But he asked if I ever wanted a drink or if I ever caught myself kind of pining for it. And it was so refreshing that I didn't have to. Uh, well, no, like I, I could say with such just clarity and zero hesitation, I can say, no, I don't ever look at a glass of wine or a drink and say, God, that would be nice. Not only do I look at it like a cigarette, which I do, but it's also more than that because anything that alcohol gave me You know, that first 20 minutes that Annie Grace talks about or what we romanticize, you know, it feels so hollow. Any sort of happiness or escape that alcohol gave gave me in those first 20 minutes. Now, now that I have four years under my belt of like actual joy and like actual relaxation and actual connection and curiosity and wonder and all of these 
just incredible feelings that we can have when we're just left to our own devices without a chemical getting in the way. Oh man, I can't tell you how good it feels to say like, no, I have seen now how I can feel without it. And I can see the fun that I can have without it. And there's just no way, there's no way I would ever want to go back. And I wanted to share this because, you know, it comes up sometimes in our groups through the Sober Mom Life Cafe. And I get some questions on Instagram of people saying like, okay, you know, great, but you're four years sober and you're like constantly talking about alcohol and like, will I always have to listen to podcasts and will I always have to be like in a battle with this thing to which I say like, hell no. And if you are, I would look at the focus that you're putting on alcohol and how you're allowing it into your life still in your sobriety. My case is a little bit different. I do talk about alcohol a lot, but that's because, you know, it's my job. If I wasn't creating a podcast twice a week and, you know, hopefully writing a book about it and having an Instagram about it and blog posts and all of this stuff, I would not give it another thought. It doesn't deserve it. I would then be into my true crime and my uh, housewives and all of that, right? So if you are in early sobriety, if you're doing dry January, if you're just in the beginning, if you just jumped and you have a lot of questions to answer and to figure out, then yes, you're going to be in it. And you're on that quest, right? That we talk about a lot and you're in it and that's okay. You will not always need my voice in your ear. Thank God. Could you imagine if you always needed my voice in your ear? (laughs) You will not be tethered to Quitlet. It will not always be a lifeline. If you're in the Sober Mom Life Cafe, you will not always have to be on every meeting. You will not have to get on Discord every night to help get through a craving or to ask the community members to, you know, remind you what you know, but you've forgotten. This is the time when you're building those muscles, when you're learning everything, you're changing your brain, you're creating new habits, all of this stuff, like you're doing really fucking hard work. And so right now you need all of the tools and you need everything. It's all hands on deck to learn the truth about alcohol, learn how you've used it to cope, escape, numb, connect, all of the things. And then as you then get some time under your belt and you you know, you, you start to count on yourself and trust yourself and you remember things that you know, and they become part of you, right? You, you know them in your bones. You will start to then, oh, okay. Now, instead of listening to Sober Mom Life podcast, yes, I'm still going to listen because it's amazing, (laughs) but (laughs) I don't need to listen to it right away. I don't need it. I don't need her in my ear 24-7. I can listen to true crime or, you know, you might get sick of it, take a break for a little bit and then go back. So the person you are right now, as you're finding out all about alcohol and you're on this journey is not the person you're going to be in one year from now. It's just not. You're going to change so much 
my sobriety has never been about alcohol. God, if my sobriety was about alcohol, I'm wasting my sobriety. There's no room. There is no room in my sobriety and in my full, wonderful sober life. There is no room for alcohol, for the shadow of alcohol, none of it. Like it doesn't deserve a spot at the table anymore. And the only reason I ever talk about it is just to teach you everything that I know and everything that I've learned in the last four years. So I hope that gives you hope. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you you have the determination. If you've not decided to live your life without alcohol, you've at least decided to examine the role that alcohol has played in your life, which is the first step. And then, yeah, I hope that this gives you hope that, you know, alcohol will not be front and center in your sobriety. Don't let it be. It will be for a bit as you find out about it but you're going to find out the truth about it and what it does. And then you're just going to hate it. And it's great to be mad at alcohol, but that dissolves too. And it dissolves to indifference of like, no, you, you're worth nothing to me. You're worth nothing. Just like a toxic ex, you know, that breakup can take some time and there's grieving and mourning and there's romanticizing until you realize like, oh wait, he was really an asshole who made me feel like shit, even if he was hot. (laughs) You know? I don't know, guys. These are all my thoughts that I'm having at four years sober today. I mean, the overarching feeling is always gratitude. Always. And you know, if I go into what ifs, which you guys know I don't deal in what ifs because uh, that's a huge waste of time and it just is anxiety provoking and all of that stuff. But if I ever go into what if thinking, it's like, God, what if I hadn't made this choice four years ago? And that scares me. Like, what if I, I hadn't, you know, what if I would have kept on that path? And what if that wasn't enough? What if I needed more evidence that alcohol would destroy my life? What if I needed to lose more to it? And I'm just... Oh my God, I cannot tell you how grateful I am that that was enough and that I just decided, I decided that no matter what, no matter what, I wasn't going back. I was only going forward without alcohol. That's it. And I'm just so grateful. It it led me here. It led me to the most supportive women I've ever met in the cafe and listening here. And I get to, I get to just share what I've learned and what I'm thinking about. And, uh, I get to talk for a living. Like what you guys, am I ever going to be fired? Because this seems like a pretty good gig. Thank you for all of your support. I'm excited for what we have to come. I am so excited to go into my fourth year of sobriety with you guys and to share what comes up along the way. I'm always just, I'm always curious and looking for different ways to think about sobriety and to think about breaking up with alcohol and all of that. And and I'm just so thankful that you're willing to let me share my insights and my experience and my wonderful guests and the real sober moms who I adore Come and join us in the cafe. 
We do this six times a week. We talk about all of this stuff that you guys are going through and, and what you're learning, what you're struggling with, and we support each other and it's the best place ever. So come and join us. The link is in the bio and then come and follow me on my kind of suite at Instagram. I get to show you. I get to, you know, if you want a place that romanticizes sobriety, that's it, you guys. That's what I do because, hell, sobriety deserves it. Alcohol does not. Thank you, everybody. Coffee cheers to four years sober. (sighs) I'm so proud of myself and I'm proud of you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.